And uh, while we're doing that, we're going to be turning to Hebrews in chapter 11. Good afternoon, everybody that might be at home. There's a few people that are not particularly well, and there might be new ones, observers watching from home. We hope that uh, you might consider getting baptized here later on today. We'll be here all day. So I want to talk about pleasing God. That's the topic of the talk today. One of the big things we all try and do in our life is pleasing God. Um, we, For those who are being converted, uh, there's a lot of days in our life when we didn't please God and we, we knew it, I knew it. Uh, brought up in a Catholic uh, schools and home. Um, my dad was saying to Doreen the other day, my dad was um, Protestant Catholic, uh, Protestant Irish. And um, mum, dad got married in a Protestant church. And then about five years later, uh, when I, my sister and I were born, uh, uh, me and my sister born, not, uh, we were the fifth. My mum, uh, Henley's, sorry, is Henley about three and a half? So my mum <laughs> had five kids under three and a half. That's amazing, isn't it? And only one toilet and shower. <laughs> housing trust. God bless the housing trust, I reckon. Who was brought up on housing trust? Yes, good old housing trust. So, um, now what was the point of all that? Uh, anyway, so you've got um, trying to please God, Dad. So at six, so when we were born, my sister and our dad got christened as a Catholic. Grew up Catholic uh, faith, but there was Protestant family as well. And so you'd spend your life trying to please God. That was the big thing. But there wasn't too many days <laughs> when I could say, "Yeah, I please God." Um, until we get baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's when it all begins. Um, but there is a little bit before that where we can please God. And we go to Hebrews 11, and it says here in verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. Point number one, opposite to that, therefore by applying faith we actually can please God. And it took faith for us to come to the Lord. So there was a moment in time when faith was applied in your life or my life and we started to please God, even though we might have been raging and doing all manner of things that were opposite to what God had intended for our life. But the moment we started applying faith, making our move toward the Lord, we started to please God. So that's that one. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those of them that diligently seek him. What does the word reward mean? To give away, to back up, to deliver, to perform, to render, to restore, to give out a wage, to pay for service, to reward you openly with payment. The moment you make a move toward the Lord, he rewards us by saying, I note what you've done and therefore I'm going to reward you. So if we look in James chapter 2, James chapter 2 about the pleasing aspect of it, James 2. I could tell you, Tom, <laughs> at the Catholic Church, we didn't please God. What should I tell you? It's bad. My brother and I were accused of smoking cigarettes. We did get smoked cigarettes, but we... At this particular day, we hadn't, but my other two brothers had. And so what they did, when Dad realised that half his packets of prey and were missing, 
he says, who's taking my cigarettes? The two brothers that accu- who did accuse the two brothers that didn't, being me and my brother Nick. So we come back, we're playing footy. It was a Sunday on park in the, in the local oval. Come back, all fit from playing, just kicking ball end to end. And it's right, you two sit down. Well, the more we plead our innocence, the more it sounded like we were guilty. Okay? So Dad's making us smoke. Go on, he's making us suck, suck it in. Um, drawback. And by the end of it, we were feeling very, very giddy and ill. And sort of head. We went to Mass that day, about two hours later. We were all very green. Well, let me just tell you this. Halfway through the service, Dad was walking through the church with a mop and bucket. <laughs> and it was on. My brother and I were not so well in the front row of the church. So at about 15 minutes after the service, the place was completely deserted. Well, we didn't please God that day, but we sent him to please the church. Anyway, James chapter 2. It says here, um, verse 23, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. For he was called the friend of God. Ye see how that by works a man is justified uh, and not by faith only. Well, to be a friend, you've got to please each other. We're friends. We're, we're, we're pretty happy with each other, and we're pretty comfortable with one another's presence. So we please each other. If a friend rings you up, you're just glad to hear from each other, and, and um, you know, you'd like to hear from one another and see how you're going. So friends do that. Friends have a bit of a laugh. Uh, you can uh, look back on moments in your life of when you've done something maybe even outrageously hurtful at the time, but you can look back, the pain of that moment's gone, and you can have a real belly laugh about some of the things that we've done. That's what friendship's all about. Abraham was the friend of God. He pleased God, it says in other parts of the Bible. He was a really good friend of God. Let's go to Mark in chapter 4. We're talking about pleasing God, coming to God, the kingdom of God. So we're going to go to Mark in chapter 4, verse 30. When shall I, where, verse 30, and he said, said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Remember the second part, I must reward those that come to him, come to God. Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of a mustard seed, the word of Jesus, in which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be upon the earth. When it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs and shooteth out great branches so the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. This is a big thing about what Jesus is saying here is that we're talking in Hebrews about coming to the Lord through faith, but here he's saying it's only a minute level of faith that's required. It's not a big thing that's required of you and I to come to the Lord. He's, he's saying it's a little thing, but from that little effort that you make to coming to the kingdom of God comes a whole ecosystem, branches, birds, everything, life to know the Lord. By the little thing that you've done, and you don't know what the Lord's got planned for you, the fact you may have just come to the Lord today or the last few weeks, this might even be only your second or third communion. You've come to the Lord, and he's got an amazing amount of things to show you about his kingdom, about what's to come, 
and how he can help your life. So when you come to the Lord with sickness, for example, that little measure of faith that you've applied already by coming to know the Lord, you can be assured the Lord will heal you. You come to the Lord asking, I need help in my finances. You can be assured that God promises that he'll sort your finances out. Because God's promises are yea and amen, they don't change, they're real, and they work in your life. And from that little seed of faith that you've applied, grows this magnificent tree full of life for everybody to see and go, look at the size of that tree that we can do when we're driving down the road, we look at some beautiful trees at the sunset, and we note the beauty and the quality of magnificent trees that we see. And when God applies his power, that you've allowed him to do in your life, you become a beauty to behold and every branch, every leaf represents a story that you've had in your life that God has undertaken in your life. So if we come to the Lord through that way, let's go to Isaiah 58. We can also read in other parts of the book of uh, the Bible, in Ruth, in, in chapter 2, Talking about rewarding, it was just mentioning there about re- by faith that the Lord rewards people who come to him by faith. The Lord recompense thy work, work and a full reward be given to thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. Sometimes the only place that we can go to, the only place that makes sense is just arriving at the feet of the Lord. And sometimes we have, we've had communion here today. And sometimes we've just got to put it all at the cross of the Lord and just, Lord, I don't understand what's going on. There's insurmountable issues that are in my life. I just know that you're right. I know that you'll do it. I don't know how, but I'm just going to put it at the cross. We've had communion. I just somehow know that it will be okay. And that's the measure of faith that the Lord requires from us that we do have. Isaiah 58, and it says here in verse 8, when we do those things, the Lord says here, it's talking about fasting particularly, but it's a great verse. Then, verse 8, shall thy light break forth as the morning, thy, your health shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your re-reward. You've already come to know the Lord and you've been rewarded for that, but there's a re-reward of daily coming to the Lord, of daily trusting in the Lord our God. We know how beautiful, amazing, wonderful Jesus Christ can be in our life. We know that. We know it. And we tell people about what the Lord's doing. We heard one of the gifts today here about perfection. Well, if perfection was the criteria we heard, he would have called us and made us perfect. So perfection's not the issue, is it? Otherwise, um, if... Well, the only people that can be perfect actually is Mark, isn't it? Because Mark, the perfect man, I mean, that's in the Psalms there, you know, that joke that we have, Mark, the perfect man. The rest of us, is, if you're not named Mark, I'm sorry, we're not perfect. Anyway, uh, we've got imperfection that runs through our veins. None of us are perfect. None of us can say it. None of us do. So let's get that out of the picture. Not required but to seek he which is perfect. As I was saying before, Psalm 34, it says, Mark the perfect man. That's the actual scripture. We've already marked 
the perfect man. We've already marked Jesus Christ as the perfect one. And that one said, you come to me with all your problems and I'll sort it out. You come to me and I'll sort your problems out. You come to me and your day will be different. You come to me, come to the Lord today, people that need to be baptised, today come to the Lord. You've got nothing to lose, nothing at all. Plenty to gain, nothing at all to lose. Jesus saw your life and my life in its entirety. God says our days are numbered. Wouldn't it be nice to know how many <laughs> days you're going to live? If you times 70 years by 365, and minus your age that you are now, gives you an idea. If you're 80, and you're minus the years that you're alive, it gives you an idea. And then there's the uncertainty, because we don't know how long we live what happens today or tomorrow. And people go to work. We hear through the papers just recently people that have passed away in accidents, etc. Five things from um, pavement or something like that. Masonry work in Sydney. He didn't go to work to die. He got the phone. He's passed away because some scaffolded land on him. We just don't know. We do not know what it entails in this life that we live is so much uncertainty that is going on in our life today. But the Lord is saying, if you come to me, I will reward you. That's all he's saying. I'll reward you if you come to me because you're going to glorify my son. Let's go to Hebrews, back to Hebrews. Hebrews in chapter 11. And don't we want to please the Lord? Verse 8 of Hebrews 11. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should go after, receive an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles of Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promises. He looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham's amazing guy to this day. Abraham, our forefather, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. You go to places like PNG and they'll often start their prayer. Papa God, Papa God, Father of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Bless whatever their request will be. Very common. Papa God. They say to their father, Hey, Papa God, Father of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. How of that relationship that Abraham had, you and I are still invest in this to this day. Go down to verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, he offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises of his only begotten son, of whom it is said that this is Isaac, shall thy seed be called. And Abraham, it says here, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure, figure like unto that Jesus was Isaac and God was Abraham and that God was going to see his son offered up at the cross 
his only begotten son, that he would die for the sins of mankind, that equal in the same proportion that Abraham was offering up his son, son Isaac at the time. If we go to Genesis, we're going to go back. Genesis, where it all began. If you want to have a really good story, read time. Read Genesis, the beginnings. What does Genesis mean? The source or the origin of that which is something from the beginning. And what does the word of God start with? In the beginning. This is the Genesis of mankind, all the nations that are on the earth today. Genesis 7, 22, verse 9, verse 8. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for burnt offering. So they went both together. He came to the place which God had told him of. This is verse 9 of chapter 22. And Abraham built an altar and laid wood in order and bound Isaac his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham stretched forth his hand, took a knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, Abraham, Abraham, he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And we read in Hebrews of what Abraham was thinking, that Abraham was prepared to do it, because he knew somehow, because he was the child of promise, that God would somehow raise up Isaac at the time. So they didn't want to do it, but he knew that somehow the Lord was going to be glorified in that very process. Let's go to Genesis 11. Beginnings of Abram, or Abraham. Verse 26, Terah, that's his father, lived 70 years, begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the generations of Terah, begat Abram, Abram Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begat Lot. Haran died before his father, and Terah in the land of, the, of his nativity, in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah. So here's the young Abram. He's got his whole life ahead of him. He's got no idea of what's in store for his life. He's just been called out. He's following his dad and parents, etc. And a little bit later on, if we read in chapter 12 of verse 1, chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I'll bless them that bless you, curse him that curses you, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. All the families. Incredible statement to make. Through you, Abram, will all the families of the earth be blessed. Incredible. The child of promise that Abram was, was to be given, which is Isaac, that we read later that he was going to offer up. If we go to chapter 13, verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abram, and after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, north, south, east, west. For all the land which ye see will I give thee, will I give it. 
and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if any man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Incredible promises that were given to Abraham who had no children at this time. And we've read in Hebrews about this amazing Abraham, but here he is just given certain promises in his life as he's going through his life. We go to chapter 15 and we go in verse 5 and 6. And he brought him forth abound, look now toward heaven. This is in a vision that he had. He says, verse 5 again, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven. Tell the stars. You'll be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and was counted to him for righteousness. So Abram is getting a real blessing from the Lord as he goes through his life. He's promised to be great in nations. He's promised to have that all through all the families of the earth be blessed. The three great religions that we have, there's a lot more we can look at the story, okay? So Abram gets promised he's going to have a child at 70, 75 years of age. At 85 years, 85 years of age, he still hasn't had a child. So Sarah, his wife, says, get another wife, which ended up being Hagar. They have a child called Ishmael. It's 86 years of age. It's not the child of promise. It's the child of uh, by just whatever reasons. Then at 99, 24 years after Abram's first told he's going to have this child of promise, Abraham and Sarah have a child. He's 99, stroke 100. She's in her 90s and have this child Isaac. The child Isaac, once it's weaned, um, it says that um, Hagar, who's got the child Ishmael, mocks Sarah. Sarah gets upset and says, get rid of them. So um, Abram, now he's become, his name's changed Abram, gets Ishmael, he's 13, and Hagar packs them all up and stuff and away they go. Because she just wants to have a child of promise, which is Isaac. Then, she's in the desert, and it says she's about to die. The child's about to die. It says that Hagar moves away from her son Ishmael, because Ishmael's in the corner under some bushes there about to die. And then the last moment, the Lord says, appears to Hagar, talks to Hagar, and says, he's going to be okay. I've heard, quite interesting, I've heard the cries of the little lad, not her cries. This little boy is rolled up under the bushes, he's called out to God, and heard the cries of the lad. He goes on to become a prince, married, 12 sons and a daughter, his sons become princes, become nations, and he dies 124 years later, 137 years of age. And that becomes the father of the Islam faith. All Islamic people say Abraham is our father. He they're correct in that sense. And over here, the child of promise Isaac 
has Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons. They become a tribe, become Israel. And then we've got the lost tribes of Israel, which permeate and circumnavigate our world today. We cannot number the children of promise because it's a nationalistic promise, not just a promise of through Jesus Christ, which we'll read about, was fulfilled, because it says nations. And our church is not a nation, never has been. Our church is a body. It's promising of nations. It's a separate promise that we can look in our world today and see Abraham permeating our world today and Islam saying Abraham's our father. And they're fighting over the same block of land, if you like. It's our land. You've got two of the biggest religions in the world. And then the third one is Christianity, which claims that Abraham is ours as well. There's a whole story. It's magnificent. Our history books are just missing all this incredible stuff here. It's in Genesis. Genesis, the beginnings of the entire population that you and I are living in today is found in the pages of Genesis. Let's go to Matthew in chapter 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob. Jacob begat Judah, one of the children of, of Jacob, Israel. Jacob's name was changed to Israel and Judah and his brethren, and Jesus Christ came through the line of Judah, the lineage of Judah. So we have a spiritual thing now where it is now possible that all the families of the earth can be blessed because Isaac was a child of promise. Ishmael was a child by probably the law, if you like. In fact, it says in Galatians, like Mount Sinai talks of and the law of, of, of Ishmael. But Jerusalem, which liveth forever, Jerusalem, which is our mother, cries out for Israel, which is you and I. The, the promises that through Judah and eventually would come Jesus Christ. You and I know that from the fact that we're filled with the Holy Ghost. And if we go to John chapter 8, Jesus talking. Oh, there's some great words here. He really stirs them up. John chapter 8, verse 33. They answered him and said, We be of Abraham's seed, as the Pharisees at the time, and were never in bondage to any man. How saith thou, you shall be made free? Jesus was promising that if people came to him, they could be delivered from their sin and be set free. It's a spiritual thing, and I was trying to bring it into a natural thing. If we just go down a bit, verse 39. The answer said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if you are Abraham's children, you will do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. If we go to verse 56, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and saw it and was glad. They said, Jesus said unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. And how sayest thou hast seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, to you, before Abraham was, I am. And I am is the name of God. And we got way, way, way back in the histories of pages of Abraham offering up his son Isaac. And we're told in the book of Hebrews, 
that it was a type, it was an example, and they were friends. Isaiah tells us that um, he called, God gave his friend Abraham a glimpse of what God would do in honouring Abraham's name. In other parts of, of Isaiah, he talks about, uh, Thou, Israel, art my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. God saying that years later. You're Israel. You're chosen. We heard that in one of the gifts here today. We've been chosen by the Lord. And he says, my friend Abraham. He boasts of the friendship that God has with Abraham. You're a friend of Abraham. You're a friend of mine. You're a friend of Jesus Christ, he says in, 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 in John 15. Ye are my friends. Don't call you servants anymore. No. Servant doesn't know what his Lord does. But you're my friends. That's what we are today through Abraham. And he says here, Then took they up stones and cast them at him, but Jesus laid himself, hid himself, and went out from the temple, going through the midst of them, so passing by. Did Jesus sort of see the example? When he told, when he chose his words carefully, I am. Because what did Abraham say when he's got the, the knife in the hand as a test of faith, knowing, as we can read in Hebrews, he just knew that somehow God was going to have this under control. And the first words he utters, he says, here I am. He heard a voice from heaven. And Abraham says, here I am. And Jesus using these similar words. Before Abraham was, I am. Abraham saw my day and rejoiced in it. So there's a powerful message we got here. Let's go to Galatians in chapter 3. A few moments longer. Through all the, all the families of the earth, tribes, nations, people. You look at the commonwealth of nations around the world naturally, associated with Israel. There's something like the commonwealth People, you know, Queen, etc. There's 2.6 million people. China can be numbered. The Islamic faith has got 1.9 billion, 2.6 billion, should I say? Um, Jews that profess themselves to be Jews, 14 million, 0.2 percent of the 0.02% of the population of the world today. Christianity, we can't number it. For the last 2,000 years, people that have been getting baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost are becoming the tribe of Abraham, if you like, through what the Lord promised would happen. And, I was, and we're looking in Galatians in chapter 3, and it says here in verse 6, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, we talked about faith at the beginning, we've carried that thought right the way through, the same are the children of Abraham. So when you come to the Lord today, you become a child of Abraham, God's friend. And when you've got your needs, whatever they are, whatever it is, you become a friend of God. When you've got a sickness that's been carrying you off or hindering you from getting what you would see um, a wished, I wished my life was different. I wished I could do a few more things than that I wished that I can't do. I feel inhibited, feel bound, bondage. 
we're reminded here that we're the children of promise through Jesus Christ. We can access the throne of grace. We can not put up the second best. We can say, no, Lord, I'm a child of God. I'm the son of Abraham. I'm the son of God. And we have diversity in our fellowship. We've got Germans. We've got um, any Russians? Descendants? Well, there you go. Irish, the pure race, the perfect race. Um, Australians, five generations. If you do those, Scottish, Greek, um, Muslim, former, um, Dutch, perfect race. <laughs> we, we got Aboriginal, a few Aboriginals around. Uh, we've got Africans, we've got people from PNG, we've got uh, a diversity in our fellowship. You can see Italian, a few Italians. Yep, uh, yep. Buongiorno. Um, haven't we got a diversity? What has brought that diversity? We've got stepsons and daughters here. We've got... Um, Half brothers and sisters. My mum came from a family of 13. She had full family and she had a couple of half brothers and a stepsister. Diversity. We've got uh, people that have been adopted, you know, in family. We've got um, what's called lost generation people through the Aboriginal people. We've got, and they've had horrific lives, there's no doubt about it. We've had people that have had tragic lives, terrible lives, good lives as well. A diversity of people that have become one. What a nation. There's a promise of the nations that the Lord said will bring the herald in the coming of the Lord. Russia, Esau, which is Esau, marries Ishmael, which is the Muslim. No coincidence that Russia and the Muslims are together. It's no coincidence that the Western world is associated with Israel. All there in our DNA. But as a body, what's brought us together is where the children of promise. We are, are the ones who've been called by the Lord, but the chosen ones by the Lord, and we leave away all the old bits and pieces that made us so different and the struggles that we've had. In Solomon Islands, I sat with one pastor, Adrian, who's been to the uh, village of um, Manasseh. Manasseh was going to his village killing his people, and he was going to his village and killing people. And they said, oh, no, it's okay now. We're one brothers now. Praise God. We serve Lord. We fight the enemy, which is the people who do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They've been brought to one. So we have diversity. But in our fellowship, in the body of Christ, we're all one. And all the people said. And it says here, just in finish, you've got a few more. So then, verse 9, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. What are your needs today? What have you put to the Lord this week? Trust the Lord that he's heard you, you're healed, you're blessed. Don't second guess it. Um, and if we pick it up in verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you have been baptized, today we're encouraging people to be baptized. We heard them in the testimonies here today and some of the prelude that, passed, that um, Ramundo mentioned. 
baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So then neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male or female, you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to promise. We're going to live forever. We keep diversity out and oneness in, and all the people said.